Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What's up, gang? Back at it again on the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. <clears throat> About to enter our silly season again with the Rona and everything going on. It's uh, hard to believe this year is clicking down towards the end, but we've got our scattergun and PCC challenge coming up this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's uh, just kind of a little big match, but PCC one day with Hit Factor and then scattergun the next day with um, multi gun rules or time plus. So it's always a fun match. Not a ginormous fan of the shotgun, but good practice and fun to play with. And then we'll be, well, we have a local three gun match after that uh, the following weekend. And then we'll be right into build for the nationals. We have the factory gun and race gun nationals coming into town in October. So I'll be tuning up for open for that. Um, and then I'll shoot carry optics as well. Probably not with a lot of practice, but shoot carry optics and had a local match yesterday. Got the open gun back out, so I've been off been off of that for a while with, you know, would have been getting ready to leave for the world shoot and uh, would have would have been on it for the last five months or so. But once that got postponed, I kind of just shot some other stuff and some three gun and had the PCC Nationals we talked about and, and then just coming off a single stack and revolver now. So it was nice to get back to the open gun and be able to pick up the speed a little bit. On the way back from South Florida again today, I think I mentioned I had that rifle class down here with a, an agency. So I had a one day last month and finished up the second day today. It was a soggy, long, wet day, but it was cool. Got to do rifle souped up. So I didn't shoot a whole lot today in class, not as much as normal, but shot a little bit. Got it zeroed yesterday, or day before yesterday, or maybe that was yesterday, I don't know. I got the zero in. I put on some um, backup iron sights, you know, because that's what all the cool kids have. And I had the A tower on the initially on there, and then just to flip up in the rear. So I went with the mag bolt flip ups, which that seems to be what all the cool kids have. And I was pouring the rain yesterday at the work, so I got it zeroed. And hell, I used a an Ipsic target with two squirts of black spray paint on it, two inch dot or three inch dot or something at 50 yards, and the red dot was way off after changing or you know taking the barrel off and on and taking the sight off and on and so I had to dial in the iron sights um so i just shot under the, under the pavilion out there because it was raining so damn hard and it was fine two inch maybe two inch group or something um and i dialed the i dialed the iron sights into the dot turned the dot off just shot at the middle of the target no aiming point or nothing and shot a freaking half inch group for three rounds so go figure uh, maybe that class went good. New handguard's working out good. It takes a little getting used to because I've had the other one for so long, but I'll figure it out. So it's coming back this evening from from that class. I was going to lead up. We're going to talk about single stack and revolver, but um, I was going to lead off with a question. I'd like to get back to that too. So if you guys got anything you want me to talk about, you know, shoot me an email or Facebook message or something. I haven't seemed to figure out the Instagram messages, but... Uh, 
pretty pretty okay on following the Facebook messages and, and of course email. So I'll read this guy's question uh, verbatim and then we'll talk about it. The question is, what are some things iron sight pistol shooters can do to improve shot calling if they are limited to just one monthly outdoor match, dry fire, and the only live fire practice once a month on an indoor range on a target from three to 15 yards. Uh, so yes, that's pretty limiting. The, um, you know, the first thing I would say is shoot more, but, uh, given the parameters of your question, I'll answer it that way. Uh, you know, monthly outdoor match is, man, it's just hard to, it's hard to really what I consider practice, uh, at outdoor matches. You know, you can try out some stuff, but the nice thing about running drills is you can, you can change your technique or try a different technique, repeat the drill. And then there's, you know, scientific evidence on, was it good or worse or and you just only get the opportunity to do that at matches. Um, you know, when I was coming up in the shooting world, shooting over at the WAC, and they had, still do, but had, had a ton of matches and weeknight, you know, a little rinky-dink weeknight stuff. Uh, one thing I would do is I would, one week I would go shoot all A's and, you know, not try to shoot all A's, shoot all A's, which just requires a different type of fundamental for a given target than you otherwise would normally use. So, you know, I'm, I'm hard on the sights on a four-yard target or a five-yard target, which I normally wouldn't be. And then the next week I would come back or the next two nights later or whatever. And uh, my goal would be to be half of the time of anybody that shot that stage with the caveat that I had to shoot at every target. Um, so, you know, resulted in poor hits and misses and but just the ability to to haul ass around the course of fire and you know, safely negotiate the, the positions and and get rounds on target. And then I'm using a different fundamental in the other direction there. So that that 15 or 18 yard target, maybe a partial, you know, I'm, I'm point shooting that, which I would never do that either. So neither of those things are going to win the match. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. Uh, but it was just a test, you know, like if I've been saying in class a lot recently, like I'm in charge of me. If I want to shoot all A's, then damn it, I'm going to shoot all A's. Um, and then vice versa on the speed. So, you know, that's one way I would use local matches to to get some training value out of. Um, the, the, so the, the, the local match, I don't know, but you can do a whole lot. Um, the dry fire question, eh, you can do a lot there. He didn't mention, he didn't mention what kind of gun he's shooting, but uh, if it's a single action gun versus a, a striker fired jobby. But, you know, in dry fire, you know, one of the things I've probably said on here before is what I tell my students is it's only you and Jesus in the room. So if you're dry firing, you really have to be honest with yourself. And if you're doing a one second draw or whatever, or a second and a half draw with a part time on the timer, you know, was it legit? Did you see, did you see that, that front sight uh, on the target as the hammer fell and did you make the time or not? Nobody can see that, but you, like you're the only person that knows really if you made it or not, you know, so you gotta be honest with yourself and dry fire or you're just, or you're just wasting your time. Um, again, depending on what kind of gun you have. So I would do a series of shots in dry fire and on a on a 2011 for example you can still feel the prep you can still feel the middle and the left spring of your um uh, of your leaf spring even with the hammer down so if i'm working on I'm prepping the trigger technique you can still feel the prep spot you can still power through 
or ease through the brake, as I say, uh, when you're working the left leaf. And if it's just a power through technique where you're not, you're not prepping the trigger, same thing. I would just work the trigger and put pressure into the frame when the trigger bottoms out. So when you're putting that pressure into the frame, that's when you have to be honest and you have to be watching your sight and say, okay, I, I moved it a little bit. Uh, I moved it from the A to the C. I moved it to the D. I yacked it off the target. You know, you can see all that stuff in dry fire. If you're going to run like an El Prez, for example, you know, I, that was kind of my main dry fire routine uh, back when I did it on a, on a structured, uh, structured schedule. You know, two rounds each, reload two rounds each, a million times. And even though I'm working on the same targets in my same spare bedroom as I always did, uh, sometimes I would prep the trigger on all six shots, even though it wasn't necessarily needed for that target. But I'm in charge of me. So I want to prep the trigger. Damn it, I'm going to prep the trigger. And sometimes I would power through and sometimes I would mix it up. I'll, you know, prep on the first target, power through on the second, prep on the last, do a reload and, and repeat. Uh, but all the while, you got to watch your sights when you're working the trigger. Because theoretically, you know, the gun's doing the same thing in live fire. You're working the trigger the same way, uh, and the gun's performing the same. Uh, and then versus like a Glock or something, um, you know, there you have really dead trigger after the hammer falls. Um, so I would just, again, just add pressure into the frame on a dead trigger doing that, sim that same scenario, like an El Prez dry fire drill. Um, and on the prep, I would touch, touch the trigger and add pressure touch the trigger and add pressure versus like a power through technique. Uh, I would just move the finger on through. So, you know, yes, that's drastically different than what a real Glock trigger feels like. Um, but I'm still simulating the movement of the trigger finger. And then more importantly, still watching the sight uh, as that either on the first shot striker falls or on the subsequent shots when you're adding that pressure into the frame because the sight will move. It's, it's nearly impossible to uh, to dry fire at pace and not move the, and not move the side around. The question is, how much is it moving around? You know, is it going to the edge of the A zone, C zone, D zone, off the target, whatever. You know, and then you know, if you if you full on yak the trigger, then almost everybody can tell that, right? Like we know we know what that feels and looks like. Um, but that's the Jesus in the room thing. You've got to be honest with yourself on on precisely how much it's moving. Uh, so that's again, the gun does the same thing in live fire. You just have that pesky explosion in front of your face in the way, uh, so you only have you only have a you know a millisecond or whatever to actually see what that sight does before the recoil is initiated and the sight's gone. Um, and then the last part of your question on the on the live fire range, indoor range. There's a couple things you can do there. Um, you probably can't draw at this range, I'm guessing, but you can probably pick your gun up off the table. So I would do a table pickup and shoot two. So whatever type of target you have, if they allow you to use um, IPSC or USPSA targets, that's cool. Uh, a drill I do on the outdoor range from time to time is I'll have a, uh, a shot up target, like keep, keep one of your old targets or take one from a match or something uh, that's got holes in it, it's got pasters on it, kind of shitty looking. And then on the back side of that, put a clean target so you can't see that. And then at whatever you're comfortable with, 12 yards, 15 yards, uh, do a table pickup and shoot two at speed. And then try to be honest with yourself. You know, try to call the shots. Were they good? Were they not good? You know, the problem with the clean targets is 
especially if your eyesight's good, like it's really hard not to see the holes. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm never looking for them. I'm always, you know, calling, calling it off the site or the dot. Uh, but sometimes you can't help but see it. And so it's tough to really air quote practice shot calling if you can see your hits on the target. So yeah, of course they're good. I can see them right there. Damn it. It's two A's. But with this target on the back and a shot of target in the front, uh, now, now you can. So it's kind of laborious. You got to pull, a, you got to pull it, you know, roll the target in every time or how, whatever system they have there to check and to tape it. Um, but that's what I would recommend for the indoor range. And I try to call um, my shots good, bad, or off. So there's probably a lot of guys, I always joke that everybody on the internet can call their shots, but it's like sex, you know. Everybody thinks they're great at it, but in reality, nobody has any idea what they're doing. And it's the same thing with, with, with calling shots. There's guys that say, oh, I saw that in the upper right quadrant of the A zone and whatever, bullshit. You know, I call mine good, bad, or off. So if I call it good, then it's an alpha or Charlie, probably an alpha. If I call it bad, it's a Charlie or a Delta, but for sure on target. And then if I call it off, I have no idea where it went. Could be a miss, could be a Delta, hell, it could be an A. I, just, I didn't see what I needed to see uh, to know where that shot went. So 99 times out of 98, you know, that's gonna get a follow-up shot, unless it's Virginia count or something weird. Uh, if I call it bad, well, it just kind of depends. You know, if I'm shooting major and I'm on the move, I'm probably going to let it go. Uh, if I'm shooting carry optics or PCC, so, you know, something that's minor, given the scenario and the stage and the movement and all that stuff, I'm probably going to make that shot up. Um, deltas are basically no penalty mics with when you're shooting minor. Uh, so that's one drill. And then the other drill, if you're struggling with, you know, if you do that, if you do that target on the backside drill and you're not correct, um, or you're dumping, or you're dumping a lot of shots. Uh, another drill I do. I used to do it with dummy with dummy rounds, and I think I think randomly putting dummy rounds in a magazine of a student is just very frustrating for the student. Almost everybody's going to dump the gun a little bit when they come to that when they come to that round. Uh, but what I started doing is I would have a bag of dummy rounds or something. And I would have the student load the magazine, uh, dummy live, live, dummy live, live, dummy live, live. So they loaded their own magazine. They know, uh, they know where the dummy rounds are. And then, as you know, I do a lot of plate rack, um, a lot of plate rack training. So I'd have them draw and shoot three plates. And they know damn well that that third shot uh, is going to be the dummy round. And the goal is not to move the gun when you come to that dummy round. So bang, bang, click. And it's not a malfunction cleaners drill or nothing. You're just, you're watching the site. Then you jack the dummy around out, reset, draw, bang, bang, click. And you'll be surprised, man. It's very difficult to pull the trigger without moving the gun when you're coming off two live fire rounds and then you hit, then you hit the dummy round. And it, almost everybody dumps it on the first one or second one. And then it gets progressively less till it gets to zero. Um, and that's back to what I say, like, you're in charge of you. Like, I told you to manipulate the trigger without moving the gun. Why can't you do that? Like, you can do it in dry fire. You know, you know a dry round's coming. Why can't you do it? And it's just, it's a very difficult drill. You know, so if you do the, the target on the back drill and it's not going great, uh, then I would recommend trying this drill. So the way I do it without dummy rounds, the problem with dummy rounds is you freaking lose them, especially when you're outdoors. 
Um, so what I do now is one round in the chamber, no magazine in the gun, and draw and shoot two. Or in your case, if it's orange, you know, pick up the, pick up off the table and shoot two. Uh, so you know you got one live, and then you got an empty gun. It's not going to lock back because there's no mag in it, and the hammer or striker will fall. So same thing. You're just getting two rounds and or uh, one round in a dummy instead of two rounds in a in a dummy. Uh, so that's that's the way I do it now. Uh, so that's a pretty good drill. So I hope that answers your question. If you guys got any others, hit me up. So I'm just back from single stack nationals last weekend and revolver nationals in Talladega, Alabama. Uh, man, was that a nice range. It was at the CMP range in Talladega, civilian marksmanship program. They called it the marksmanship park. And uh, it was sweet, man. It's uh, just from an aesthetic standpoint, like you know, everything, all the grass looked good and handrails and signage and this well, uh, well upkept range. And, um, I mean, for Action Pistol, they still got a little work to do, I think. They need, probably need some more bays and some more stuff. Uh, but they're, they're working towards that. But as a general overall range, I think it was badass. At 600-yard known distance, and then like a 640-yard unknown distance. Had a bunch of, like, standalone, uh, like a 10-meter pistol, 50-meter pistol, 100-yard rifle. They had these... Um, I don't know if acoustic's the right word, but they had this target system on the long range stuff that would like, it was like a self-sealing target you shoot through. And there was like microphones or sensors or some shit on there that would relay your hit your hit uh, location back to you on a screen 600 yards away. And it wasn't a camera, like it wasn't a camera, it wasn't a picture of the target. It just kind of triangulated somehow where your bullet goes. I didn't get to see it in action, but it was explained to me. And then uh, I don't know anything about I don't know anything about sporting clays, but it appeared to me to be a very nice sporting clays a sporting clays course and a skeet trap five stand. Uh, it was cool. Uh, so anyway, single stack on Saturday, revolver on Sunday, and stages were good. And they were challenging. Uh, it was a lot different than the single stack nationals at Passa. Not not better or worse, just different. And um, a lot of eight-round positions or seven-round positions with uh, a couple of small steel at distance. So it was a shooting match. Like There wasn't much running gun, if any. Um, and I didn't do good, unfortunately. And I actually put some time in practice, shot area six single stack, and uh, just didn't perform. So I had, had bad points, a couple of penalties, a lot of deltas, man. More deltas than I've shot in six months probably. And they used primarily USPSA targets. I don't know if they had any stages with IPSC targets, actually. Uh, but primarily USPSA targets. So it just sucks you in a little bit, I think. You got a big-ass target, and you get a little aggressive and shoot a lot of deltas. And um, Had some misses on steel, just flat-out not, not shooting great. So I finished 19th there. Um, enjoyed it. It was fun. Old-ass Rob Latham won again, uh, which is pretty amazing against this field and there's a, there was a lot of good shooters there and because it's the standalone uh, standalone single stack you know you don't have the other divisions watering it down like you do in a air quote regular match but you know the thing was like I said it was just a shooting match and there wasn't a lot of running um, targets were hard accuracy was a 
was that um, was uh, of importance, and that's Rob's specialty. So, congrats to him on another single stack national championship. Uh, they had standard stage, which was three targets, twenty five yards, par time seven seconds, uh, two each reload, two each strong hand only. Then you move up to twenty to each reload, to each weekend only. Uh, so maximum score, it's a hit, it's a part-time scoring, so there's no hit factor. They just total up your points that you hit. And the mics, the, the misses don't count. Like if you don't get a shot off or even a miss, it's not a penalty against you. You just don't get those points. So 120 was the maximum available. Uh, I don't know if I looked at that after the match was over, but Rob was winning when I saw it at 99. Uh, I shot at 85 with shitload of deltas, like four deltas, I think. Um, and I was very pleased with the 85. Like that was a solid, solid performance. So shooting 99 was uh, pretty awesome. And I got, I think I got all the shots off, but one, like one of the weekend shots, I don't think I got off, but uh, that was a cool stage. Then the next day we shot revolver nationals, which is uh, pretty fun. I enjoy shooting revolver. I don't, I don't play with it anymore, but I used to shoot it quite a bit, uh, quite a bit back in the day, as they say. Uh, and I shot major, which is dumb. Like you're never going to win doing that. They've after they ruined Devolver, revolver division going to the eight round guns. Uh, but I love that 625, 45 ACP. Uh, so you're scored major, but it doesn't mean anything in revolver. You're doing so many extra reloads, especially this this, this particular match because they didn't uh, really adjust anything. Uh, that much. Still a lot of eight-round positions, which kind of hose you when you're shooting six. Uh, but I shot okay. I forgot a damn target, man. I think that's the first time in... I don't think I've ever forgot a target at a national championship. Um, so that doesn't help your score. But it was a fun day shooting with friends and no pressure. You know, like I didn't, I didn't care that much about the match anyway. And then shooting six rounds, you know you don't have a chance, so... Uh, just going out and shooting, having fun. Uh, so it was cool. I finished 17th there, I think, out of 19. <laughs> no, I was kidding. But uh, USPSA put on a good show, as always. The CMP range was, was great. I imagine we'll be back there again, probably. And um, then, as I mentioned, we rode the bikes up, me and a couple friends. So that was super fun. Took two days going up. Haven't been on the bike enough lately with work and family and everything else going on. So I enjoyed that, and then we ended up getting there. We took two days going up, so we got there early-ish on Friday. Went and saw the range, did whatever we needed to do there. It was hot as hell, so we didn't want to hang out there any longer. And uh, I got to looking at the map, and there was a, there was a park there called, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but uh, Chiaha State Park, I think. And looked like a super windy, curvy road on, on the map. So I went off by myself and rode that. It was like hour and a half ride maybe just kind of taking it easy I don't think I got out of third gear once you got up in the mountains or mountain in the hills or mountains or whatever uh, that was great and then we took had to get back in one day so Monday we came back all in a day which was not so great but the ride was fine it's just a long long time in the saddle uh, good match time to get ready for PCC and scattergun and then the nationals I will be back at you before then. Hope you guys are getting out on the range. And I will see you there. Later. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. 